Good morning, everyone. This is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. Uh, joining me on the phone this morning is Gary Freimeyer, who's the president of the USS Vermont Support Group. Gary, welcome to the show. Glad to be with you, Pat. Oh, this is exciting. We just went to a meeting yesterday. I'm part of the uh, Vermont Support Group, and uh, so we have up-to-date information. And the reason I had asked Gary to join me is I went to the Cabot Cheese Festival a week or so ago, and uh, several women approached me and said that they really liked the shows we were doing on the USS Vermont to let Vermonters know where our namesake ship is. Um, and all the things that it's been involved in and the support group's been involved in with the sailors and their families. So um, I've put sort of a timeline together. And, Gary, I want to make that official. Can I do that? Wouldn't oh, that be sure. Wouldn't that be great just to have a um, a list of all the things that uh, you've done um, and what we've done to um, – what Vermont's done to support the, the sailors and their families? Um, I'm sure I haven't captured everything, but – Gary's got a heck of a memory, so I'm sure we'll be fine. Um, first, Gary, can you describe the USS Vermont? Sure. Uh, the Vermont is a Virginia-class sub. It's usually got about 135 sailors on board. It's a nuclear fast attack submarine in service with the Navy. It's, uh, it's designed to seek and destroy enemy submarines and surface ships, and it's uh, configured to carry out intelligence, surveillance, reconnaissance types of missions and uh, can engage with uh, uh, mine warfare as well. And our boat is armed with Mark 48 torpedoes and Tomahawk cruise missiles, so it's uh, pretty lethal. As as we'll talk about a little bit later in some of the exercises uh, it's been involved in, um, uh, it's now stationed in Pearl Harbor, and um, uh, and we'll get to that discussion as well in a minute. How long have you been the USS uh, VSG um, president, and how long has it been in existence? Well, the short answer to both is uh, is since our inception in April of 2020. Uh, when I was asked by the chairs of the commissioning committee and encouraged by your good friend, Al Perry, ah, yes. to assume that role. And I, when I asked, uh, well, what does it entail? Nobody knew. <laughs> well, so it was a matter of contacting other sub-club leads around the country and understanding what it is they did to support the boat and how they interacted and uh, found it interesting, and it's uh, it's been quite a ride since then. That's great, Emory. Um, I want to talk about Al Perry, too, at some point uh, while you're with us. Um, Gary has to leave about 15 minutes early this morning, and I'll just keep right on talking through the hour. If you want to call Gary and talk to him, the number is 244-1777. And I would also encourage you all to check out the USS Vermont Facebook page because the history of the ship and our involvement uh, is right there in the most amazing photos. Um, you will really enjoy going through the Facebook page. Um, and, Gary, I read that the first project of the group um, was the focus on gift bags that are referred to as sunshine bags. Could you talk about the bags and when they're used and uh, what's in them? Sure. Uh, just for background, the commissioning committee presented each new member of uh, the USS Vermont in April of 2020 with canvas gift bags. It had USS Vermont SSN 792 on one side and Freedom and Unity on the other. They, uh, those bags had uh, maple syrup, a couple commissioning glasses, a Vermont Strong license plate, a little Vermont flag, <laughs> a harmonica, 
and a uh, Cabot Cheese gift certificate. So uh, with the VSG, when uh, we began working with the Vermont Family Readiness Group, uh, we collaborated with them to provide each new USS Vermont sailor with one of the same canvas bags. The FRG added uh, local information on resources and contacts available to the sailors in Groton. And uh, we continued the tradition with a pint of maple syrup in each bag, as you know. The sub's nickname is Big Sugar. That's right. And, and working with Executive Director Allison Hope of the Vermont Maple Sugar Makers Association, we began a program where a different Vermont county each year donates 48 pints of syrup to the boat. That's... So uh, we've worked with four counties so far, most recently with Chittenden County Sugar Makers and Director Andy Aldrich. And we still provide a Vermont Strong license plate. Uh, they were at the time discontinued, but the DMV made them for us. So they include commissioning glasses, uh, darn tough socks through a donation involving Governor Scott, and a variety of tastes of Vermont from our partners in the Vermont Specialty Food Association, led by Aaron Secrets. You know, the intent is really to kind of acculturate each new sailor to the Vermont to help them better understand the traditions and flavors here. As they, uh, we kind of consider them honorary Vermonters once they join the boat. I bet they love receiving the sunshine bags. Um, it's just what a what content. It's just fabulous for them, especially the maple syrup and the big sugar. I just I love that. It's so it's so perfect. Uh, and can you tell the the folks that in the in the uh, submarine itself, their rooms are named after uh, places here in Vermont, and there's a lot of we've the VSG has given them a lot of uh, posters and stuff. Could you talk a little bit about that, Gary? Sure. Uh, each of the berthing areas on the sub are named after Vermont ski resorts. <laughs> uh, you've got Sugarbush, you have uh, Mad River, you have uh, you know, so all those types of names are are on the the. Birth. And then uh, one of the things we tried to do is uh, put as much Vermont flavor uh, in, the, in the boat that uh, could, could be there uh, as long as it's around. So That's you great. can walk from uh, one level to another in the boat, and uh, the handrail there is at Burton Snowboard. <laughs> There's uh, On the wall, there are a couple of the proclamations that were made uh, by the Vermont state government uh, honoring the USS Vermont. When you go into the the cruise mess, which, by the way, is uh, na- nicknamed uh, the Catamount Tavern. When you go in there, you can see uh, uh, UVM men's basketball jerseys and uh, Lake Monsters jerseys under plexiglass on the tables. And uh, on the on the walls, they have cabinets that have a kind of an unusual form factor, about eight inches high and 24 inches wide. They ask us for some posters to put up there. We couldn't figure out what kind of fit that form factor. Until it kind of came to our mind that uh, what what says Vermont better than covered bridges? So across that wall of cabinets are now pictures of covered bridges on each one. So we you know we do as much as we can uh, to kind of uh, put the Vermont flavor in there and let the folks uh, that work there know who they represent each day they come to business. That that's just great, and it gives everybody on the committee such a feeling of. Uh, I don't know, of joy to help these sailors because especially now that they are so far away from home. Um, and could you, there's another group that uh, we work with closely. It's the uh, FRG. Could you talk about the FRG, which is, stands for Family Readiness Group? Sure. I mean, the FRG is uh, pretty much our primary partners in providing support to the families and crews of the Vermont. Um, they're a, they're a uh, I consider them kind of a mutual support organization. 
and they uh, they hold a number of events each year to bring the families together for you know for a sense of community. And uh, most importantly, when the sailors are underway and Murphy rears his ugly head, you know they help each other out in a variety of ways. Uh, some of the more uh, experienced uh, submariners' wives are uh, are very helpful because they've seen it all and done it all. And there's an awful lot of young guys and young families as well. And those uh, those wives always appreciate the support and the guidance from the, the wives that have been there and done that. So it's a, it's a great organization. We're proud to work with them and support the boat and crew. That's great. And one of the, the members was uh, is part of our group, too, as well, right? Um, he was on, at the meeting yesterday. Yeah, we... Uh, <laughs> It's uh, the first time uh, for the for the FRG to continue each year. They need uh, at least a president and a treasurer. Right. Uh, we're fortunate now to have a full board. That's but, what he uh, said. That's good. Yep. So we, we we only had a president, and we had one of our members, uh, who's the parent of a USS Vermont sailor, who stepped up to uh, volunteer to be the treasurer. Great. So the FRG would continue, and uh, we're, we're glad to have him there. He's a great connection point for us to the FRG. That's great. Um, and as we're talking, folks, if um, anybody'd like to join us, um, we'll see all of the activities that uh, have happened over the last couple of years. Um, the one that I really love the most back in April 21, you had a, there was a command briefing, which marked the first year of active duty of the ship. Um, and we've had a couple uh, additional briefings since then. Uh, and there, there may be one planned in the future. Could you talk about that uh, for our listeners and tell them, uh, um, what happens at a command briefing? Well, when we're, when we're lucky enough to have the triad of the Vermont, and that's uh, the triad is the commanding officer, the executive officer, and the chief of the boat, you know, we're, when we're lucky to catch them in a position where they can share some of the information about their activities with Vermonters, you know, we do that with a Zoom call. Now, we, we normally have VSG members, uh, USSBI subvets, uh, some of our sponsors and other supporters invited, but uh, the triad shares what they can. And sometimes it's not a lot, but right. they share what they can about recent underways. And uh, the session usually ends with a Q&A period. You know, it's not normally much more than half an hour. But uh, And folks that would be interested in participating in the Zoom session can register by sending an email requesting that Zoom invitation to, uh, to Wayne Pickett. His, uh, his uh, email address is W-P-I-C-K-E-T-T-683 at Comcast.net. Uh, when he receives that, uh, when we have the uh, event, you'll be placed in a waiting room until your ID is verified, and then you'll be added to the Zoom session. But uh, we're still awaiting confirmation on the day and time, but are, have requested November 15th at 6.30 our time. That's 12.30 in uh, Pearl Harbor. And, yeah, I was going to say, and this one, this command briefing should be really interesting because it's the first one they've held since they've been in Pearl Harbor. And uh, lots has happened uh, since they've been there. Um, and um, but let me just get, let me get back up a little bit. Uh, we've had barbecues in Middlesex with um, well, I figure about ten ten sailors about, um, if I remember correctly. And they'll come up uh, here, and we host uh, them at the uh, the Mountaineer game at uh, UVM basketball. I mean, we really keep them busy. Um, and I love the the story on the um, Facebook, Carrie, with Mighty Monty meets Big Sugar. And Mighty Monty is the USS Montpelier, correct? Yep. 
Yep. So, we, uh, we actually ha- have a picture that will likely never take place again. But the USS Vermont and the USS Montpelier were side by side on piers in Groton for a period of time last year. And that, that's a, a rarity. It's a, they're an older Los Angeles class boat. And they just happened to be in port together and got a great picture of the two of them side by side. Yeah, that's right on the Facebook page if anybody wants to check it out. We also should talk about um, our good fortune of having a deputy assistant, a former deputy assistant, secretary of the nature of the Navy. Where did that word come from? Um, Gloria Valdez, who um, has, um, uh, has spoken on behalf of the uh, the ship and its sailors in Congress, and uh, she's just an amazing woman, is she not, Gary? Yeah, she is. And, uh, and just a little bit about uh, what the sponsor's role is. You know, pretty much each Navy vessel has a sponsor, and, and by tradition, it's a female civilian. And, uh, you know, for example, when they do, when you think of a sponsor, you think about the ceremonial breaking of a champagne bottle, or in our case, a bottle of Putney Mountain Northern Spice sparkling <laughs> wine, thanks to our great partners, Charles and Dodge from Putney Mountain. But uh, the sponsor effectively bestows uh, both the boat's official name and presumably good luck and divine protection for all that sail aboard her. Excellent. And what's uh, what's special about the, the sponsor is that the, the crew will change many, many times over the boat's life, but the sponsor remains the same, and she's pretty much an integral part of the boat's history. For sure. And we would encourage all of you to check out the Facebook, and if you want to help us, um, just sign up. We would love new members. Um, the, when you meet the crew, I don't know what next time they'll be back this way, maybe a while since they're in Pearl Harbor, but um, just a fabulous group of young men, and the command sent, the command folks are incredible. Uh, they've been here quite a few times uh, and have been hosted at uh, VFWs by the Rotary, uh, by the Chamber, excuse me. And uh, you've been, Gary, you've been to the uh, Naval Submarine League Symposium in Crystal uh, City, Virginia. Um, you've really traveled a, a lot of, on behalf of the uh, VSG and to represent Vermont. Well, yeah, the Naval Submarine League Symposium, it's kind of, it's an interesting, it's an interesting event. Um, it's a yearly event in Crystal City, Virginia, where the Navy leadership joins with defense contractors and uh, to discuss issues and opportunities right. and, you know, the latest technologies supporting our current and future subs. Uh, when you're there rel- uh, representing the commissioning committee, it's the place where you interact with the defense contractors, many of which have some sort of a budget to contribute to the commissioning. Uh-huh. And uh, it's a great location. We'll call that a target-rich environment. <laughs> good good to description. To, uh, to reach out to these <laughs> folks. And the ones that uh, that were, we couldn't find or were difficult to connect with, we had the Perry boys, uh, Admiral right. Ken and, and uh, Douglas Perry, that were able to chat with them and get their attention a little easier than we did. And send them over to us. Yes. So they, it's, uh, it was a, a tremendous opportunity for us to really build the, the financial readiness for the commissioning committee. Uh, maybe we should take a, this is a good time to talk about Al Perry and his amazing family and their collective years of service in the Navy. And um, maybe you could talk a little bit about uh, uh, Al and his family. Yeah. I, I, Al Perry is, is a member of uh, the commissioning committee and he's a VSG member as well. Uh, He's in his uh, latter 80s, <laughs> and uh, the Perry family is in, incredibly distinguished. They have uh, 
They have, and we've always said over 160 years of service to the military, but uh, mostly in Navy and mostly in submarines. But I think that number's probably, since the last time we talked about it, it's probably approaching 170. Yeah, that's great. But uh, as, as Al's uh, granddaughter is now at the Naval Academy. Uh, but uh, one of his sons uh, was a significant executive with, uh, with Northrop Grumman and uh, Another is uh, an admiral. Uh, he's, re- he's retired now uh, from the Navy, but working with a company called Sarah Mayhem, and uh, they, they're very much involved with uh, sensors for submarines. And uh, his uh, youngest son, Douglas, was recently uh, awarded a third star. Right. So he's a, he'll be a vice admiral. Uh, when, and, that, of course, that can't be completed until Tommy Tuberville <laughs> steps back. Oh, from exactly. Yeah, his hold on the military uh, promotions. And I, but anyhow, I, that uh, incredible family. I read that uh, Douglas Perry is going to command the USS Navy's Second Fleet, um, which is whoa, that is just beyond impressive. Um, and he spoke at the commissioning ceremony as well for the for the ship. Um, uh, and I'm looking at this um, list of other things that we got involved in, and I won't spend uh, time. The, the names sort of explain themselves. We've um, uh, brought uh, the sailors that visited Vermont to the Lake Monster versus Sea Unicorns um, game. Um, what else we have? We have the Military Appreciation Day at Champlain Valley Essex Fairground. Um, the Teddy Bear Company um, donated 18 Champy Bears to the uh, uh, to the FRG, and um, the big thing for us was uh, the commemoration itself. There was one at the State House in the Cedar Creek Room where the governor uh, signed a proclamation, and the House and Senate uh, signed a resolution in honor of the 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 ship and its sailors and. Oh, they have won so many awards, Gary, for their excellence. Um, it's it's really a privilege to represent them and to help they and their families, don't you? I, and I just feel that way. It, it's uh, it's amazing how, how focused and professional a bunch of 22-year-olds can be. Yep. Uh, if you have any questions about the strength of the kids in the, in the military today, you spend a few minutes with these folks, right. and they're they're pretty much unflappable. Not only do they need to know what their primary job is, but they need to know what all the other jobs are around them on the boat in the event of anybody uh, falling uh, and falling aside. But, uh, yeah, very, very impressive young man. Exactly. And um, first of all, I don't know, I'm sure a lot of you know that you have to volunteer for the submarine service. I think it takes a, I could not, uh, but um, it takes a very special kind of young man to uh, to step up and say he'd like to serve on a, on a submarine. Um, and they're just they're just so impressive. Um, every time I'm around them, I just feel so much pride. It's really great. Um, so at the commemoration, we talked about this a lot on this show, and I don't want to um, repeat, but Gloria Valdez, do you remember that line she said when she spoke and the sailors came from uh, behind us to stand on the, on, the, uh, on the sub itself? I was in tears. Can you tell that story, Gary? Well, basically, it's uh, the, the high point. Uh, there's there's a lot of speakers at the event, uh, politicos, uh, some of the military folks uh, speak. There's a, a number of different traditions that occur. And then it's the sponsor's role to uh, to say, you know, sailors of the USS Vermont, man our boat and bring her to life. 
Right. And, and when she says that, then the sailors scream, aye, aye, ma'am, and then they, <laughs> one by one, they run through the audience, uh, around, across the brow, and on to the, the top of the USS Vermont. And it was, uh, it was in April, or, I'm sorry, it was in August when it took place, so they were in their summer whites. Right. And uh, that, all those white uniforms uh, along the black submarine was just a, an incredible sight. Yep. While the U- Vermont U.S. Army Band was playing <clears throat> and F-35s were flying overhead, uh, which okay. Governor Scott uh, arranged for us, and then it was 19 cannon shot, correct, Gary? Because that we were the 19th um, ship to be built in that series, correct? Yep, that's uh, correct. Ah, the memory has not failed me. That's good. But when she, when Gloria said that, I was just in tears. Because the soldiers had been, the sailors had been standing behind the uh, seated audience, and they were standing at attention during the whole ceremony. And when she said that, as Gary said, they just ran and uh, went and lined up on the boat. And there's a wonderful picture on the Facebook of of all of them lined up on on the boat on the ship, and it's oh, did me in. I'll tell yeah, you. Watching them, watching them run on board, I thought it was pretty neat the way every one of them had their uh, right hand across their chest you know, with their heart. Yep. And I thought that that was, uh, you know, that was you know, a, a kind of a gravitas moment. But then I realized what they were doing was holding their medals. <laughs> <laughs> I like the first, they, the first ran. version of that, Gary. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't notice that, to tell you the truth. Um, I was so glad they were in their dress whites because that just against the sea and the the blue sky, and it was just oh, made your heart stop. Speaking of, Gary, I know we only have you for. A, Another ten minutes or so. Um, could you um, talk about the uh, Vermont weekend? I almost forgot what the word was. The Vermont weekend and uh, how many people came and what the what the weekend consisted of. Yeah, uh, let me before I do that. Let me just tell you one thing that I think the the audience would be interested in. Sure. We talk about how amazing these young men are. And uh, let's, let's keep in mind that uh, there are men and women on ah, the, uh, the ballistic submarines. That's so true. They're fully integrated. Uh, as of uh, SSN, we're SSN 792, as in SSN 796 New Jersey, which will be commissioned next April. Nice. They'll be the first Virginia-class boat to also have an integrated crew, men and women. Great. I'm glad so to that, hear that, that, Gary. That entails apparently some structural changes, and it also involves training of the medical professionals on board, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, you know, as of April, Virginia class will have a fully integrated boat as well, and all the rest going forward will be that way. Good for them. And I'm assuming it's still on a voluntary basis because uh, I don't think that somebody you can just – you can't just assign somebody to the submarine because that takes a – uh, that takes a special kind of person, I would think. I, they couldn't get me in there. Um, but <laughs> honest to God, uh, you know, it's like, oh. Anyway, um, and the Vermont's week, Vermonters weekend, Gary worked on this for a long, long time. Uh, and they, it got postponed, uh, here and there. And we finally were able to, um, have the weekend and, um, talk about that and how you get down into the boat, Gary. That's, that's the part I well, liked. Yeah. The first thing is, uh, it's not Gary, it's a, it's a number of people that are involved. Well, no, I appreciate that. But, uh, it, the Vermonters weekend was something we talked about, uh, initially at the, the when the boat was commissioned in April of, of 2020. Uh, obviously with COVID, there was no ceremony. So there were obviously right. no opportunities for Vermonters to tour the boat. 
when we did the commemorative commissioning in August of 2021, uh, at, at a late time in the cycle, it was announced that we wouldn't be able to tour then either. So that probably cut between 500 and 1,000 people out of attending the event because that's a, a high point to be able to get down on the boat. Right. But uh, our sponsor looked at the, uh, at the Secretary of the Navy, Carlos Del Toro, and said that we're counting on a future date when we'll have the opportunity to have Vermonters get on board the boat and see what it's all about. And he nodded up and down. So it, uh, it took place in June of, of this year. Yep. And uh, we had uh, just uh, right around 300 Vermonters had the opportunity to tour the boat. Uh, we, we took them uh, in one-hour segments, eight, eight a day, and we had a VIP group of people there on Friday. But it was a great opportunity. I would tell you that the, the early tours ended up uh, stretching a little bit longer than planned because uh, the sailors were delighted to, to show off their, their toys. And the command was uh, very gracious with answering questions, and uh, the, the tours ended up stretching out a little bit longer to, to everybody's delight. But um, it was uh, it was just an amazing experience. Some folks that came off the boat uh, were just uh, amazed with the technology, and again, uh, the, the strength of the crew that uh, supports it and makes it work. That's yeah. Actually, I, I uh, we had Bruce and I had an experience with the driver of the van that brought us over to the boat. He he was just talking away, and, and I agree with you. He was so excited that we were there and interested in seeing the boat and supporting the sailors and their families. Um, we got a big kick out of him. He was just an amazing young man. Um, so, And then there's this, to get down into the boat, there is a, a ladder that goes straight down. It's not one of those ladders that sort of tilts a little to give you a little bit more leverage, but it was a straight-down ladder. Correct. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a, a bit of a challenge. Yes. If, uh, even if you're a fit person, it's normally a ladder would be tilted, like you said. Right. But this is a vertical ladder, and uh, there's there's a lot of interesting stories that uh, the sailors told me. Uh, they had some years ago uh, a fairly uh, during a tour group, a fairly uh, rotund woman uh, managed to get herself stuck in the hatch. Oh, stop, stop, but I die. But that's true. And the, crea- <laughs> the creativity of the ship's culinary specialist uh, bringing up butter. Oh, to, uh, I was going to uh, go for the maple syrup, but the, but butter <laughs> no, well, works too. That, that would make her stick in there. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, that's terrible. But yeah, it's... it's oh, uh, how embarrassing for her. If you've not ever done it before, it's uh, it's a bit of a challenge. But yeah. uh, when you get to the top, um, swing out. It's uh, you feel like you've accomplished something. Well, I brought my neighbor's son with us uh, because he's very interested in the Navy, and he just had. An, they were so kind to him. Uh, he was just such an amazing young man. Very excited about it, and uh, he has his challenge coin with him um, that uh, he carries with him, which I think is pretty impressive. So um, anyway. After we've, and thanks to Gloria Valdez as well for making this all happen. And, um, uh, th- then the, the ship, uh, left, uh, the naval submarine base in New London. And, uh, I have to tell people that at one of the command briefings, I asked a question about training. Um, I think you and I thought it was, uh, like six hours a day. Well, no, it goes on forever and it's every day. Uh, they've gone, run through scenarios and uh, 
they are trained every day. So even though we're talking about sort of fun things um, that that we that we sponsor and provide for these uh, young men, it's because they are working hard every day um, to be ready. And now they they left for Panama uh, for Panama. Well, they did. They left for, pa- uh, for Pearl Harbor through the Panama Canal, and that's a story in itself, Gary. Right? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting when a high value asset like the Vermont goes through the canal. Uh, one of the things they do is they shut down the video cameras. So right now, if you were to go out and look at uh, look up of uh, Panama Canal video, you'd be able to see some of the boats going through. But uh, we were we we're fortunate in that there was a, a harbor pilot in a helicopter that was uh, taking pictures. So uh, even though it, uh, the video was shut off, we did get a few still pictures of the Vermont when it was going through the Panama Canal. And uh, since they're publicly posted, you know, we were able to right. take them and put them on the website and Facebook page as well. Yeah, that, those are great pictures. Real, I've never been there, but it's just... Wow, it was amazing to to look at those pictures. And then they arrived at Pearl Harbor, and Gary and uh, Wayne went with you as well, right? Wayne Pickett went with you? Yep. Um, So they arrived on June 22nd, and in the next few minutes, Gary, could you talk about uh, how they were welcomed and um, what happened um, while you were there to see them? And especially about the lay, which I did bring into the studio because I wanted to show folks here. (laughs) Well, they, initially, uh, the, the, the events began with putting up a cup sign. The FRG had, uh, had, had a cup sign welcoming the USS Vermont. Those are plastic inserts that go in chain link fence. Mm. It makes the picture and the words and it just said, welcome USS Vermont. But they, the FRG also created a 30 foot long lay, which was, uh, white and green. And the intent of that was to hang it over the sail of the boat as it's coming into the harbor. So that has to be delivered to the boat. So uh, Wayne and I, along with the, the commanding officer and the chief of the boat's wives, went out and delivered that lay. And uh, we actually had the opportunity to ride the boat in from that point in time. But when the sailors, uh, when it got to the pier, it took quite a while for the brows to be laid across. But when uh, when that was done, the sailors were able to walk across. They uh, went through a little arc of flowers. We had Hawaiian dancers arranged that were there giving each sailor that came through a lay, welcoming them to, to their new home port. And then uh, we had a, a barbecue on the pier uh, with uh, some of the commands from other boats as well as our own. And uh, the families were there. And, you know, you can imagine all of the, the reunion photographs. And a lot of them were captured and some of them were on the website and Facebook page as well. But uh, we were also fortunate to have uh, a flavor of Vermont there. We had uh, four of our partners that donated uh, spices, uh, uh, ketchup and spicy mustard and barbecue sauce. And, and anyhow, there were, uh, there were 192 bottles of that uh, for the sailors to use for the barbecue and then to take home with them afterwards. So, again, uh, Vermont Specialty Foods folks stepping up to help us make yeah. that event uh, even more special. With a shout-out to Erin Segris, who's the executive director. So we thank her very much. Um, so, Gary, um, I want to thank you. I, I know you have to go, um, and I will continue on talking for the next few minutes. Um, but I pre- thank you for everything that you do uh, because you are a great president of this group. And uh, if anybody wants to join or there is the, the term funding, 
wants to donate to uh, the work that the uh, support group does um, or the FRG, um, it's on the website, and you can do that uh, yourself right online. So, Gary, thank you. Go ahead. We just recently added uh, we added a, a Venmo oh. QR code just to make it easier. Um, there's PayPal. There's a lot of different ways to yep. contribute. But uh, and everything. Yeah, I appreciate being here, Pat. Well, thank you. Thank you for always being there for the show and for me. And I know obviously the people listen and they love it. So thank you, Gary Freimeyer. We'll uh, see you soon. Hi there. This is Pat McDonald back with you at Vermont Viewpoint. Good thing my producer is paying attention because um, I am going to find time to, to catch you up on what the ship is doing in Pearl Harbor and about the Black Widow 2023 exercise they just went through. I will find time to do that. But I've invited Christine uh, Sivrit, close, yes. <laughs> who is the executive director for the Mont State Ethics Commission. And uh, she's got some information she wanted to share with you. It's very important. So, Christine, Christine, first, thank you very much for all the work you've done to try to get Vermont up to speed with every other state in the nation <laughs> to have an ethics. Well, thank you. Yeah, I think we've made some progress the yeah. last couple of years, and the legislature sure is certainly, um, and you know, full steam ahead on, ahead on ethics. We have that feeling, so yeah, it's great. great. And it was a lot of conversation because every department, so the judiciary, the legislature, and state government, to some extent, has their own ethics policies. So they were curious. But this is a statewide ethics policy, which is pretty basic. I mean, I think everyone listening could write it uh, because there's no there's no gotcha, there's no nothing. It's just be ethical. And yep. um, they finally passed the bill. Yep. There's no enforcement in it, which will come at some point. But yes, just, we hope so. <laughs> yeah. But now they've asked Christina to take on um, another group, which is interesting. Maybe you could talk about that and your listening sessions. Sure. So during the last legislative session, the Ethics Commission was tasked to come up with some recommendations related to municipal ethics. So this is a topic where our office gets calls from people, members of the public and municipal officials asking for advice or asking about whether certain conduct falls under, you know, ethics rules. But we don't have jurisdiction over that issue. Um, So it's kind of one that's hanging out there. And uh, yeah, so last year we were asked to uh, draft a report with some recommendations related to municipal ethics. Um, what can be done to improve uh, improve the situation in Vermont when it comes to municipal ethics? Uh, so we've completed our research phase, kind of looking at other states. Um, what are best practices in states that are similar to Vermont? So other New England states, um, other smaller states. Uh, so where we can make that correlation, like, you know, we're not looking at California. We're looking at states that are similar to Vermont. So we finished that stage of our research for this proposal that we're going to be submitting to the legislature in January. And so we have some sense of like what what are be- what are the best practices that are out there that might work for Vermont, and now we're moving on to the next phase of our research is when we want to hear from Vermonters, municipal officials, members of the public. Um, what do you think is working in Vermont when it comes to municipal ethics? What do you think isn't working? Um, what topics are covered in your municipality when it comes to ethics? Are they very clear standards? Are they not clear? Um, how could the Ethics Commission help out? Um, what do you think we should include in this proposal related to municipal ethics? So that's where we are right now. So you're holding three um, three sessions to hear from people um, about municipal 
I can't even say it. There's a tough word. Municipal uh, ethics. And, you know, it's hard in Vermont because there's usually like 10 people in every town that does they do about everything because they're the ones involved and interested. So it is hard to separate sometimes um, one issue from another. And, and there are con- they're just inherent conflicts, I think. So this is a good discussion to have. Um, can you talk about at least two of the dates? Because yep. one date has to be changed, but yeah. who knows? Oh, we have changed. We have, we have changed it. <laughs> oh. uh, so I can talk about all three. Okay. But yeah, and just to bring up the, the point that you made about smaller uh, municipalities and, you know, kind of the same people being involved in multiple. Right. multiple, you know, service <laughs> they're, they're involved in public service in right. multiple ways. So that's actually who we hear from the most is people from in smaller locations, um, smaller municipalities kind of – they don't have the same resources, I think, as the bigger right. municipalities, which makes sense. And so that's kind of who we hear from the most for people seeking advice. So um, we have that in mind when we're coming up with the recommendations and, like, how can we best help people in those situations? Like, how can we help with advice and creating a framework that's really clear and easy to understand? And so, yes, we have the listening sessions coming up in November. There are three of them. So one, the first one um, is geared towards hearing from members of the public, and that is on November 7th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m., starting an even, evening session so that people, you know, can can make plans to talk to us when they're out of work. Uh, we have a next session that's geared towards hearing from municipal officials, which is going to be on November 21st right. from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. And then we have a third session um, on November 28th. It's also an evening session from 6.30 uh, to 8.30, and that is for anyone who couldn't make the first two, so either municipal officials or members of the public. And where are these being held, or is it by Zoom? Yes, it'll be uh, virtual Zoom. listening sessions <laughs> by Zoom, so that everyone can have the opportunity uh, to weigh in. And anyone who can't make the Zoom sessions, the virtual sessions, um, you can email us at ethicscommission at vermont.gov oh. with your thoughts on municipal ethics. So we are taking written comments and suggestions and recommendations from uh, people. On the Zoom call, do they have to sign up first to be uh, recognized, or or how does that going to work? Everybody talking all at the same time. Yeah, no, we're just going to let everyone find <laughs> it out. No, um, if somebody, if anyone would like to kind of make a presentation, yeah. uh, we're, we're asking them to limit to three minutes and email us in advance. Just give us, you know, right. your name, your affiliation, if there is one, um, what you what you want to talk about. Just a brief description. If you actually have, you know, a formal presentation that you'd like to refer to, you want something that's going to be shared on screen. Send us send us that in advance as well. But uh, generally speaking, if you just want to attend and you know. Pull your thoughts together and like and weigh in at some point. There's no need to register in yeah. advance. You can just show up. And I'll tell you that um, uh, I myself and others that I work with um, uh, testified on behalf of the ethics uh, bill. And it's very important that the reason the commission is there is that you as an individual, if you have a concern about somebody in the judiciary, the legislature or the administration, you can go to these folks, file a complaint confidential uh, up to a, a certain point unless they have to i don't think you'll release the names but if you if you have a uh, a, a complaint they will investigate and um hopefully fix the issue because i know um people are are very nervous if you've never been in the legislature or certainly at the judiciary you get a little nervous mm-hmm. going up there and i don't think representatives in the legislature or the judiciary knew how I remember taking employees over from DMV. A part of their job was I took them over and gave them a tour. And some of them were just, they were didn't know what the heck to expect, and they were very, very nervous. I thought, good grief, it's just the legislature. But it, that fear yeah. is out there. So yeah. this commission is confidential, mm-hmm. and you can explain your issues and your thoughts, and 
they'll get back to you. Yeah, and a lot of people call us for that reason because they're just not really sure if the the problem they have is really an ethics issue, if there's if it's something they should be reporting somewhere. So we can just help people, you know, talk through right. um, talk through their issue and you know give recommendations. Um, if it's somebody calling for advice about their personal conduct, then give them confidential advice. And if somebody that's interested in making a complaint, we can talk through whether it's an ethics complaint and how to file a complaint. Right. And then we refer it on to others for investigation. Right. We don't do the investigation ourselves, but you know we're there to just kind of like help you if you're not if you're not sure about right. you know an issue or what you want to do with it. Yeah, and this is an this is an important feature in Vermont, and I'm so glad we finally got with the plan, um, because now I think there's no other state that – is there another state left that doesn't have an ethics? Because there are only a handful. Um, I think we were one of four, yeah. so that would potentially leave three. Yeah. <laughs> three that are left. <laughs> well, they'll, they'll figure it out eventually, because um, uh, this is important. And, and as I said, in the smaller communities like mine, um, people wear many hats, and uh, – uh, I've seen a, uh, in some meetings um, people say I have to step down off the council because this is a direct conflict for me, so I can't vote. And I think that's all we're looking for is to recognize that there are conflicts and um, make that vote uh, count and not be challenged. Yeah. Uh, and I think when people think about ethics, I, their mind goes to people who are purposely, you know, violating, you know, ethics rules or principles. But I think a lot of people just need advice because it's sometimes it's a gray area. So people, you know, they want to know what they're supposed to do. Most people want to act uh, correctly and, you know, act for the public good. For so, sure. Yeah. Yep. I, could you quickly go through the four questions that you're going to be asking folks to to um, uh, address uh, in these meetings, and then we'll we only have a couple of minutes, and then we'll go to break. Sure. So, um, we, yeah, we just have a few questions that we put out there in our you know announcement about these listening sessions, which you can find on our website. Um, uh, so it's just you know to giving you something to think through before you attend one of the sessions. So um, we're asking people to think about whether there are clear standards for ethical conduct in your municipality um, at the present moment in time. What topics do they cover, um, and how are they applied? Right. So can you file a complaint? Um, where can people go if they need advice? Um, and if there are clear standards, do you think there are ways that they could be improved? Um, if there aren't clear standards, we're assuming that that would be an improvement. Um, but So if they could be improved, uh, how so? Um, what do you think is working well? What do you think doesn't work well? Um, how do you feel about the current approach to municipal ethics in Vermont, generally speaking? Uh, do you think it would be helpful if there were ethical standards that were uniform throughout the state? Right. Why, or why, why or why not? Because that is a question that's out there. You know, yeah. should, should every municipal officer or elected official appointed employee be held to the same standards, or do you think it's better that people have you know, more agency in setting their own? Mm-hmm. And the last question is, how can the State Ethics Commission best help municipalities when it comes to governmental ethics? Excellent. Christina Severett, thank you very much. Thank you for all that you're doing. Ethics is an important issue and certainly should be part of our lives and our uh, government structure. Uh, so uh, this is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. Coming up for one whole hour is Tony Campos from CVTV. Hold on, folks.